Ashley Brock reading Nora Roberts' book, Holding the Dream, Chapter 9. A week of pampering was exact, excellent medicine. For Kate, it was also nearly an overdose. Yet any time she made noises about going home and getting better back to work, everyone within earshot ganged up on her, telling herself she would, would turn over a new leaf if it killed her. She struggled to let it ride, to go with the flow, to take life as it came. Wonder how anyone could live that way. She reminded herself that it was a gorgeous evening, that she was sitting in the garden with a child snuggled in her lap, another at her feet, her ulcer, if it was an ulcer, hadn't given her any real trouble in days. She had found there, in the home of her childhood, a piece that had been missing. I wish you could live with us forever and ever, eh, Kate? Kayla looked up, her gray eyes soft in her angel's face. We never let you get sick or worry too much. Aunt Margo, since you're a professional nitpicker, Allie giggled at the term and carefully brushed pink polish on Kate's toenails. What's a nit? Aunt Margo, wasn't it bad enough? Kate thought that she was going to have a hot pink toenails without adding insult to injury. Good thing for her, I happen to like nits. <laughs> if you didn't go back to your apartment. We could play with you every day. For Kayla, this was the ultimate bribe. And your mama could have tea parties like Annie said you used to have when you were little. <laughs> we can have, uh, we can all have tea parties when I come to visit. Kate reminded her. That's more special. But if you live here, you won't have to pay rent. Allie capped the polish and looked entirely too wise for a ten-year-old until you regain your financial feet. <laughs> First, my outfit around Casey. Where did you get that? You're always saying stuff like that. Allie smiled and pressed her cheek against Kate's knee. And Mama's working a lot now. Nothing, Nothing's the way it used to be. It's better with you here. I like being with you, too. Touched and tore, Kate struck Allie's curly hair. Sunshine yellow butterfly filtered through the air and landed gracefully in a cup of red petunias. For a moment, Kate caressed the child and watched the butterfly's wing gently open and close as fed. How hard would it be, she wondered, to simply stay here like this forever? Just drift, forget everything. Not hard at all, she realized. And it wasn't the part of the reason it wasn't possible for her. I have to go back to my own place. That doesn't mean I won't spend lots of time with you. Every Sunday for sure, so we can find all the sephirious gold. <laughs> she looked up in relief at the sound of the footsteps. If this kept up, she'd be ready to greet anything her nieces wanted. That's the knit now. Margot only raised an elegant eyebrow as the girls giggled. I'll consider that a private joke. I'm too jazzed to be annoyed with you. Look! After tugging up her slick linen tunic, she pulled out the elastic waist of her sex. I could get my scut set this morning. I'm starting to show her face glowing. She turned to the side. Can you tell? You look like a beach whale, Kayla said. Kate said dryly, but Kayla bounced up and rushed over to press an ear against Margaret's tummy. I can't hear him yet, she complained. Are you sure he's in there? Absolutely sure. But I can't guarantee the he part. Abruptly, her lips trembled, her eyes fell. Kate, it moved. This afternoon, I was up with a customer decide between an almighty and a donor coming, and I felt this, this flutter. I felt the baby move. I felt, I felt she broke off and burst into wild tears. Oh, Jesus! Jolting up, Kate gathered the Google Night girls. 
and nudged them toward the flagstone path. This is a good thing, she assured them. She's crying because she's happy. Tell Mrs. Williamson we want a whole jug of lemonade, the kind she makes that fizzes. Whirling back to Margot, she goes, I was only kidding before, you're not fat. I want to be fat, Margot. I want to waddle. I want to stop being able to sleep with my stomach. Okay, torn between amusement and concern. Okay, better. Okay, honey, you will. In fact, I think you're already starting to waddle a little. Really? Marco sniff goes, oh shit, listen to me. I'm crazy. I'm not doing this kind of thing all the time these days. I'm doing this kind of thing all the time these days. Let the baby move, Kate. I'm going to have a baby. I don't know anything about being a mother. I'm so scared. I'm so happy. Hell, I've wrecked my mascara. <laughs> Thank God she's coming back. A little shaky herself. She's Margot into a chair. What does Josh do when he has one of these crying jokes? Passes the tissues. <laughs> Great. Without much help, Kate searched her pockets. I don't have any. I do. Marco sniffed the blues. Wacky homo. She used the fresh tissue to dab. The running expert hand over her fancy French way. I came out here to see how you were feeling. And like you, there doesn't seem to be anything going on in my stomach. It's fine. I think the ulcer business was just bullshit. Recovered, Margot Livera. Oh, do you? They really, because you recognize that tone, Kate raised for fun. Don't startle me. I've waited for days to start on you, but you're feeling fine now. So I can tell you, you're an insensitive, selfish idiot. You sent everyone who has the poor judgment to care about you into a tailspin of worry. Oh, and it would have been sensitive and selfish of me to whine and complain, which you're an expert at, and take care of yourself, Mugglefish. Say a doctor. No, not you. You're too smart for that. Too busy for that. Get off my back, pal. I've just climbed on, and I'm staying there like the monkey in the story. You have a week of everyone panting your head and stroking you. Now you can take your dose of reality. Mr. and Mrs. T are on their way back here. Guilty brookies. Why? There's no need for them to come all this way. It's a, just a stupid ulcer. And now you admit it's an ulcer. Marco popped up again. Whirled around the chair. If this was a 12-step program, you'd have made it step one. They have been on the first plane the minute Laura called them. But she and George convinced them everything was under control to finish up their business first. But nothing would stop them from seeing for themselves that their kite was well. I talked to them myself. Uh, I told them it was nothing major. No, no, nothing major. You get suspended on suspicion of embezzlement. End up in an ER. Nothing for them to worry about. Dropped her hands on his. Who the hell do you think you are? I, Josh is furious, blaming it on Biddle, and beating himself up because he didn't jump on them the minute they asked you. That has nothing to do with it. Kate sprang up as well. Her shouts matching Margot's decibel for decibel. Josh has nothing to do with it. That's just like you. That's just perfectly like you. Nobody has anything to do with anything when it appeals to you. That's why Laura's been blaming herself for not paying attention to how you were feeling, what you were doing. That doesn't mean a dime to you. With fizzling lemonade sloshing in glass pitcher, Laura all but ran toward the sounds of battle. What's going on? Margot, stop yelling at her. Shut up! Margo and Kate jumped in unison as they faced off. I could hear you all in the way. 
all the way in the kitchen. Struggling up to slam glass on glass, Laura set the pitcher down on the table. Wide-eyed and fascinated, her daughters watched the three wave out. I have to yell, Morgan said, to get the sound through that thick out of hers. Too busy feeling sorry for her to yell at her. Don't drag Laura into this. But even as she said it, Kate whirled on Laura. And you have no business blaming yourself for my problems. You're not responsible for me. If you took better care of yourself, Laura snapped, no one would have to be responsible for you. <laughs> Ladies, not sure whether he should be amused or weary. Josh stepped between behind his knees, took the glasses they carried on him. Is this any way to throw a party? Stay out of this, Kate's voice vibrated before All of you stay out of my life. I don't need to be watched over and worried over. I'm perfectly capable of making yourself sick, Kate finished. Margot finished. Everybody gets sick, Kate wrote. Everybody has pain, and those who are capable seek help. Laura put her hands on Kate's shoulders, firmly shoved her into a chair. If you had any sense, you'd have gone to the doctor, gone into the hospital for tests, and said you act like an idiot and send the entire family into an opera. I couldn't go to the hospital. You know, I can't. I can't. Remember, and Laura rubbed her hands over her face. This is where temper got you. She's not sniping at her. Okay. Her voice gentle now. She's on to the army case chair. When I was with Margo, she saw that Margo had also remembered Kate's shudder. Childhood. That's done now. You have to start taking care so it doesn't happen again. Which means you have to start practicing to be human. Margo said there wasn't any singing it. Lord. Are they still mad? Kayla whispered, still clutching Josh's trouser leg with one hand. Maybe a little, but I think it's safe now. Mama never yells. Unsettled, easy, uneasy. Allie chewed on her nail. She never yells. She used to yell at me. It takes a lot to make her yell. It has to really, really matter. And when she hit me right in the nose, Josh said, fascinated, Kayla reached up and rubbed her finger over Josh's nose as he bent out. Did it bleed and everything? And everything. Kate and Margo had to pull her off me. Then she felt really bad. <laughs> Even though I started it. What do you say we have some of that lemonade? Allie walked behind her uncle, studied her mother with a curious and considering eye. It had to be done, Kate reminded herself. It was Sunday morning. Her aunt and uncle were expected to by mid-afternoon. Before she faced them, she had to face Byron. It was her new plan for a healthy life. Deal with your personal emotional problems as carefully as you dealt with the practical ones. Why, she wondered, was it so much harder? She secretly hoped he wouldn't be home. A lot of people went to brunch on Sunday mornings or to the beach somewhere, but both of his cars were in the drive, even parked behind them. She could hear the music pounding out of the windows. Credus Clearwater Revival. She spent a moment listening to John Fogarty's fervent warning about a bad moon on the rise. She hoped it wasn't an omen. It's difficult to reconcile man with his looks, smooth, elegant, and his obvious preference for down and dirty rock and edgy Motown. Well, she wasn't here to analyze his musical tastes. She was here to thank him and then turn the page on this awkward chapter, chapter in her life. Prompting herself as she went, Kate got out of the car, started toward the house. She walked. She would be casual, brief, friendly, cheerful. She would turn the whole matter into a joke on herself. Show the proper appreciation for his consideration and concern 
and get out. She drew a breath, rubbed her hands over the thighs of her jeans, then knocked, and laughed at herself. Superman wouldn't have heard a knock over the blasted CCR. She pressed the door bed hard at the tiny notes of, Hail, hail, the gang's all here. She gave the shock and shook with laughter. During the absurdity, she pressed it again, then a third time. He came to the door, sweaty and incredibly sexy in tattered shorts and a sweatshirt with sleeves torn up. The door banged. Doorbell tune is a mine, he said immediately. I can't change it until after the settlement. I bet that's what you tell everyone. She indulged herself with a long thorough look. Did I interrupt a wrestling match? Wait, lifting, he said. Come on in. Look, I can come back when you're not busy pumping iron. Christ, he had amazing muscles everywhere. How'd she miss that? I was nearly finished anyway. Gatorade held up the bottle in his hand, and when she shook her head, Look from his home. How are you feeling? Fine. That's why I dropped by too. He leaned close, closed the door behind her, and made her to tell you I was fine and to thank you for thanks. The flowers? They were nice. And he flared up. No, it's no big deal, really. <laughs> Nervous, she shrugged her shoulders, rubbing her palms together. One out of ten people ends up with a peptic ulcer. All social economic levels, too. There's no clear evidence that they hit on, you know, people with a lot of stress and hair schedules. Been researching, have we? The smile flitted around his lips. Well, it seemed a logical thing to do, oh no. Uh-huh. I did the research also revealed that people with chronic anxiety tend to be more susceptible and to agitate the condition. She dipped her restless hands in her pockets. Maybe. Sit down. He gestured to the single chair before he walked over to turn down the music. I can't stay. My aunt and uncle are coming in today. Their flight's not due until 2.30. He'd know, of course. She caught herself, twisted her fingers together, and made herself say, Yes, but I have things to do, and so do you, so I'll just... She was saved by a scrabbling sound and the surprising sight of two running balls yelled for Oh, God! Automatically, she went down on her knees. They got the delirious, happy puppies in her arms. Oh, you're so cute. Aren't you sweet? Aren't you wonderful? In anonymous agreement, they bathed their face with eager tongues, yipped and wiggled, crawling over each other to get closer. That's nip and tuck. Byron informed her as he got down on the floor with him. Which is which? Sent so one puppy into slant-eyed ecstasy by scratching furby. I don't know. I figured we'd work it out with time. I've only had them a couple of days. <laughs> Kate picked up one to nestle and forgot she'd been anxious to get in and out. What are they? A little this, a little that, some golden retriever, some lab. Before the second puppy could desert her, she kissed his nose. Followed you home, right? I adopted them from the animal shelter. Shelter. They're eight weeks old. Byron found the remnants of a well-chewed rawhide bone on the floor. Skidded it over the polished wood for the pups to chase. Mind if I ask what you're going to do with two puppies when you're at work? Take them with me for a while. I figured I can fence in part of the backyard. And they'll have each other for company when I'm not here. They came barreling back, jumped him. I was going to get one, but then, well, the brothers, and it seemed only fair. He glanced over powder smiling at him. What? You wouldn't know it to look at you. Wouldn't know what? You're a sucker. He shrugged, tossed the bone again. I think a practical woman like you would see the value of taking both. A backup dog is a sensible plan. Yeah, right. Jesus, Kate, have you ever been in one of those shelters? They break your heart, Tim. 
He tolerated wet sloppy kisses from the rebound puppies. They're doing a great job, don't get me wrong, but all those cats and dogs just waiting for somebody to come along and take them more. Yeah, or she reached over and rubbed her hand over the dog in his lap. He saved them. Her gaze came back to You're good at that. He reached out, curled a hand around her calf, and slid her over till her knees bumped. I tend to get attached to things I save. You look good. Anticipating her, he kept his hand on her leg and kept her from scooting back. Rusted. I didn't do much more than rest all week and eat, she smiled. I gained three pounds. Well, let's drag up the band. It may not seem like much to you, Ace, but I've spent most of my life trying to develop something resembling a figure. I tried everything you read about in the back of magazines and Sunday supplements. He had to get out of here. No, no, really. There I was, faced with Margo, who I think was born built, and Laura's fitman little body. I always looked like their undernourished younger brother. You don't look like anyone's younger brother, Kate. Believe me. Really foolishly flattered, she shrugged. Anyway, despite the amazing weight gain and the lack of symptoms, you know, you're going to see your regular doctor. I don't have much choice. My family's ganged up on me. That's my family's for. You gave us a scare. I know. I've been lectured by experts on my careless, selfish ways. He smiled barely. Sting. Big time. Thinking about you having I'm sorry tattooed on my forehead so I don't have to keep repeating myself. Speaking of apologies. She blew out her breath, fluttered wings. I was going to try to get out of here without bringing this up, but I'm shy in the reform. Her bros did, as they did whenever she had to face a thorny problem or unsettling task. This quality disqualified for both. The other night, before I had my little attack, we were on our way to the floor, as I remember. He reached over the puppy that had fallen asleep in his lap, brushed at the hair above her. Looks like we got there after all. What I want to say is that things got out of hand. My fault as much as yours yet. Folds aside when there's a mistake. That's my point. She should have known it wouldn't be simple. Nip or tuck was draped across her thigh, snoring. She busied herself with stroking his head. We don't, I don't jump into bed with men I hardly know. Who's going to be the floor? He reminded her. So I had a hard time going into his own kitchen without imagining what had been. And I never assumed you did, otherwise it wouldn't be two years since you've had sex. Her mouth dropped open. Where did you get an idea like that? You mentioned it. He said easily. When I was trying to get your clothes off. She closed her mouth, let out, let out air through her nose. Oh, well, that only strengthens my point. Uneasy, she watched him gently lift the puppy from his lap and set it aside where it curled deeper in the sleep. What happened was just a moment. <laughs> he repeated the procedure with the second puppy. Kate's heart began to a hormonal burst. Uh-huh. He didn't even touch her. She just leaned forward until his mouth slid expertly over hers. Kate could almost feel her mind tilt and her brains flow out. Well, she needed a distraction, didn't she? An outlet for all this tension. It seemed like the most sensible thing in the world to unfold her arms, wrap them around his waist, and dive in. This only proves it, she murmured. She threw her hands through his hair and gripped. Proves I'm right. Shut up, Kate. Okay. It was wonderful. Brutally hot. She hadn't known anything that instant.
That instant, how cold she had been, till his unshaven cheek rubbed roughly over her skin. She had known how soft she could be, or how gratifying it could be to be the soft one. She let out a long, grateful moan when his hand stretched under her T-shirt to stroke her back, slide around a cup, and squeeze her tingling breasts. The flick of his thumb over her nipple shot a bolt of heat through her center that vibrated achingly in her crotch. Arching back, she pulled his head down until his mouth replaced his hands. He suckled through cotton tormenting himself with fantasies of what her flesh would feel like, taste like, sliding under his tongue. She was so slight, that neat, almost boyish torso. She had never appealed to him. There was no womanly flare of hip, and her breasts were small and firm and warm. The way she moved against him, the edgy eagerness of a woman already teetering on the edge, was viciously arousing. He wanted, needed, to shove her back rip aside that denim and drive himself inside her until they were both screaming. Instead, he dragged his mouth back to hers, slammed, slid a hand between their bodies, and sent her free-falling over the edge. He shuddered himself when she convulsed, ordered himself to breathe when her head dropped limply on his shoulder. Well, he thought that should hold one of us. It took her a moment to realize he'd stopped. Was he was just on her? What? She, she made it. Why? The day's question nearly made him. I decided I didn't want it to be a hormonal burst for either of us. He eased her back, started her flushed face, the heavy glazed eye. Better now. I don't think. Couldn't think. I don't know. Don't you want to? He crushed his mouth to hers, and he kissed a taste of dark and swirling frustration. Does that answer your question? Taking her by the shoulders, he gave her a quick satisfying shake. You're trying to confuse me. Part of her brain was starting to regenerate and with a temper. This is some kinky version of gaslight. This time he did my God, you're a pain in the ass. Listen to me, Catherine. I want you. I have the smallest clue why, but I just want the hell out of you. If I'd followed my first instinct, you'd be flat on your back, naked, and I'd be feeling a lot better than I do right now. But I'll be goddamn if you're going to pick yourself up afterward and claim I just helped you in your sexual drought. <laughs> Her eyes snapped back into focus. That's a hideous thing to say. Yeah, it is, and that's just how you'd have rationalized it. I'm not giving you the chance. What I'm going... What I'm doing is giving you the chance to get used to the idea of having me as a lover. Of all the... Just keep quiet for once, he said mildly. We're going to take this slow. Go out together in public. Have a few reasonable conversations. Take some time to figure each other out. In other words, it's going to be all your way. Angle said no. Yeah, that sums it up. When she tried to wiggle free, he simply sighed and held her in place. Honey, I'm as stubborn as you are and a hell of a lot stronger. That puts me one up. You're not going to keep me here when I don't want to be here. He gave her a friendly kiss on us. You may be a scrapper, but you've got two big arms. We can work on that. He added, ignoring the strangled sound she's made. In fact, there's no time like the present. She thought she had all the shocks she could handle for one morning, but she got a fresh one when he hauled her up and slung her over her. Are you insane? Put me down, you muscle-bound son of a bitch. I'll have you hold it for assault. It's muscles we're going to deal with. He said mildly as he carted her into an adjoining room. Believe me, there's nothing like a good workout to relieve tension. Considering your ulcer and your desire to gain weight, this is something you should add to your daily routine. He set her down, caught the fist that swung at him, and his hands gave it an affectionate squeeze. You want to be able to put some power behind that punch. 
will work on your biceps. This isn't happening. She said it close right. I'm not even here. <laughs> we need to work on diet and nutrition too. But we'll get to that. They were going to get to a lot of things. He thought as soon as she didn't look as if he could knock her flat with one exhale. Right now, I think you should start off with three pounders. He took two metal dumbbells from her back. You'll work up to five. You're going to want to go buy yourself some girl weights. <laughs> She'll pronounce it. Did you say girl weights? No offense. They make these nice plastic coated sets of free weights and colors. He put a weight into each of her hands, curled her fingers around them. The only thing that stopped her from dropping them on his foot was curiosity. <laughs> Why are you doing this? You mean besides because I find myself oddly attracted to you? He smiled under her eyes as he positioned her elbows at her waist. I think I'm starting to like you. Now pretend you're lifting and lowering these through mud. Concentrate on your biceps and keep your elbows in place. I don't want to lift weights. Said this man just minutes ago, taking her to a rough and blistering orgasm. I want to hit you. Just think about how much harder you'll be able to hit me once you've got some muscle. He got her arms down in him, just like that, but resist both ways. These are too light. It's silly. They won't feel so light after a few sets. You're going to work up a nice sweat before I'm finished with you. She said on a sweet smile. Yeah, that's what I thought before. Pleased with herself, she lowered the weights, lifted them, then her brain flushed. God damn you, Byron. Are you saving me again? Step behind her, positioned her shoulders. Just pump iron, kid. We'll work out the details later. End of chapter 9.